0: if you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec lovealways.
1: This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love.
2: In this episode of the Way of Love podcast, Bishop Curry talks with the Reverend Adrian Danhauser, priest in charge at Church of the Incarnation in Manhattan, and author of the new book, Ask Me for a Blessing, You Know You Need One. Every Tuesday, Reverend Danhauser stands outside her church in New York City with a sign that says, Ask Me for a Blessing, because God knows you need one. The incredible stories of how New Yorkers responded populate both her book and this conversation with Bishop Curry.
0: I think if we can recognize our gifts and live into them, then, you know, that's incarnational. That is, that is Christ's unique manifestation in you.
2: The two explore what giving and receiving blessings really mean, and how curiosity is our best friend when we're doing the work of evangelism. They discuss how spiritual and religious practices draw us closer to God and to one another, and the importance of proclaiming the good news by going out into the streets, just like Jesus did
1: hello and welcome to another edition of the way of love it is a real joy and privilege to welcome the reverend adrian dan hauser uh, who is on the staff of the church of the incarnation located at madison and 35th street in new york new york and on october 12th there will be a book launch of her new book ask me for a blessing you know you need one adrian welcome welcome to the way of love <laughs>
0: Thank you, Bishop Curry. It is a pleasure to be here recording this podcast with you.
1: Oh, it's awesome. Well, I've been an admirer of yours and of your work um, for years. I think we first, at least I remember first meeting some years ago when you addressed our staff on human trafficking um, and you were uh, doing work for the Diocese of North Carolina, North Carolina, Diocese of New York then. And I know you continue some of that work as well uh, to end human trafficking to make this world a blessing for everybody. And now you've written a book.
0: That's right, and actually uh, human trafficking and my efforts there do show up in the book.
1: Well, Um, tell us about the book. How did that come about?
0: So I have been engaging in a ministry called Ask Me For a Blessing for seven years now. And I stand in front of my church uh, at 9 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, So it's uh, apropos that we're recording this podcast at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday morning.
1: Yes. (laughs) And I
0: put out a chalkboard sign that Uh says, ask me for a blessing. God's grace is meant to be shared. Or ask me for a blessing. God knows you need one. Mm -hmm. I I tend to switch it up. And I'm wearing my vestments. uh, The the church is behind me. And uh, people stop. Yeah. And uh, some... Memoir and these anecdotes and bits of spiritual reflections and and sermons here. and it's all aimed at unpacking the word blessing. Yeah. so it's it's been described as a a Christian version of humans of New York. And uh-huh. uh, for me, it's just a a record of my journey into the the heart of God and understanding yeah. that my main purpose in life is to proclaim the good news of God's love. And mm. I'm privileged mm. to have even a, a square foot of sidewalk as a platform. Yeah. Um, And thank you for this platform. Bash, you didn't
1: tell me something. Now, when somebody asks you, what is a blessing? What do you say?
0: It's uh, like a, a prayer for God's huh. uh, favor and protection. It's a recognition that God loves us and affirms us, you know, the word blessing is a bit like the word grace, kind of amorphous. And mm-hmm. you can't really pin it down or, or distill it into a definition without explaining away the mystery. Yeah. Uh, but usually I go straight into the conversation of, is there a prayer request? Is there anything you would yeah. like me to, to pray for you? Is there something on your heart? What's going on? And mm-hmm. uh, nine times out of 10, somebody has something to say. Yeah. And uh, it can be a very fruitful spiritual conversation.
1: Yeah. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody who said, I don't want a blessing today? And then they stay there and talk to you? Has that ever happened? Or?
0: Well, yes, because I've had um, someone come up. He, he was an atheist. Uh-huh. Uh, but he said, you know, I like what you're doing, right? Okay. That, that we're all supposed to be putting out uh, good in the world. And uh-huh. uh, another person came up and was asking for some spiritual advice in his uh, relationship. His uh, girlfriend girlfriend was a Christian and, and he was not. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what? Let's schedule an appointment and we'll yeah. sit down later this week. And he's been coming to my church ever since. <laughs>
1: Wow! Really?
0: Right, and it, it's a, oh. it's a slow burn. He doesn't come up for communion. He doesn't, you know, identify as a Christian, but uh, I, I definitely put him in the agnostic camp, and we'll we'll see where that goes.
1: You know, it's funny. It's hard to imagine has anybody in a hostile way said, "I don't want a blessing today," the and then ran away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one man came up, and uh, he just kind of scoffed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I get a few eye rolls every now and again, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "So this is what the church has come to?" You know, like I was <laughs> right. out there as a as a sort of gimmick.
1: Um, yeah. that would be an angle, okay?
0: Right. And then recently, I would say the the last two times I've been out there, leading up to my book launch, I've gotten some uh, some threatening behavior. Uh, one man just kind of gave me this creepy, might maybe. I mean, I would even borderline say evil smile and grasp oh. his throat with his hand, like a choking hmm. motion, yeah. sort of like it was aimed at me. Yeah. Um, and then a- another person came up, there might've been some mental illness or substance abuse, and uh-huh. uh, he was very angry and also made some overtures. Uh, uh-huh. But you know what? When something good is about to happen in your life, yeah, I think the, the demons come out. It's true. That was just a sign that I, I'm going to continue to do this ministry
1: yeah. and
0: uh, get the word out, uh, and nothing is going to yeah. keep me from it.
1: Yeah. And the good thing is, you're out in public. I mean, you know what I mean? You're out right. in public, which is good. Yes. But... And
0: I do. I have asked one of our um, sextons to kind of quietly patrol.
1: Yeah. That's good. That's wise. Jesus said be as wise as serpents and as innocent as yeah. dogs.
0: So, so we, we have it worked out.
1: That's good. You know, let me ask you something, and I, and I don't mean this to be an abstraction. I really don't. Yeah. Um. But a lot of times, um, there's a cynicism about mm-hmm. things like blessing, about things like love, about things like kindness. How do you respond to that? I mean, you're doing it, and you know what I mean. You're 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 engaged in blessing. Um. But how do you respond to the cynicism? Huh. How can you help the cynic?
0: I think a good angle for a fruitful conversation would be to talk about grace, hmm. and uh, I don't know that I would quote from the Book of Common Prayer, but we know that in the catechism uh, grace is defined as God's uh, unmerited favor toward us uh, that it by grace God forgives our sins, hmm. enlightens our minds. <clears throat> stirs our heart and strengthens our will. And I think that we've all had a moment <laughs> where, um, whether you call it God's grace or not, that that you feel it. And oh. there's a, a sense of, wow, this is exactly what I needed right when I needed it. And God must have known that. Um, there's an element of, surprise to, to grace, like, wow, um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling something. I didn't expect it, but here it is. And, and it's a little piece of heaven. Yeah. And there's always like gratitude tied up in there because it is freely given and mm-hmm. not earned. It does stir our heart and make us a little more ready for the task, uh, that's before us. Mm-hmm. And I would ask somebody to kind of get in touch with what might have been a moment of grace, whether it happens through another person because God touches us through another person. Or maybe it's um, beautiful music or a sacred space. You know, people feel like when they're out in nature, they can often um, be spiritual because, you know, God's handiwork is right there before us. You know, am I answering the question at all?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I No, you're answering it. Yeah.
0: You know, curiosity is our, is our best friend when we, we are evangelizing in a conversation with another person. Yeah. And certainly the way you, you frame the question, you might not even use the word Jesus, you know? Yeah. It's like, so do you have a spiritual side? And usually most people want to have a spiritual side, right? Right.
1: This may sound like a stupid question, but I'll ask it anyway. I'll go ahead and ask it. Why aren't you just the kind of priest who just stands behind the altar and just stays inside the church mm. and blesses people at yeah. the end of the Eucharist? And what made you go out? Why? Why are you doing yeah. this? Why? Why are you doing this? What's going on? Why?
0: Well, I think part of it has to do with my my Southern Baptist upbringing.
1: Uh huh. That's right. You went to Duke. You went to Duke and Vanderbilt.
0: I went to Duke and Vanderbilt. Yes, I did.
1: That's Show No South. Got I,
0: I was raised in the Bible Belt in Mississippi. Uh huh. And, you know, there's such an emphasis on uh, public witness and testimony, um, you know, hmm. that I, I value yeah. so much from the, the faith tradition of my childhood. I, I don't uh-huh. ascribe to a lot of the theology, but I definitely had a felt experience of. Uh, Jesus, personal relationship with Jesus, I understand the importance of proclaiming the good news uh, Mm -hmm. in word and deed.
1: Yep. Thank you for adding that word, Lord. (laughs) Lord.
0: (laughs) And, you know, part of it has to do with my spiritual gifts. I think if we can Uh recognize our gifts and live into them, then, you know, that's incarnational. That is is Christ's Uh unique manifestation in you. My gifts are evangelism and exhortation or uh-huh. you know encouragement encouragement yeah and you combine that with the pastoral care of clergy person and this is kind of the the ministry that that presents itself um, so I'm, I'm there I'm affirming people I'm telling them they're loved by God I'm whatever they bring I, I respond in a pastoral nature I think that the power of prayer is uh, is partly pastoral care, right? It's not just about what you're asking God to do. It's about this, this sacred moment, Uh um, the Holy spirit swirling around you and the other person. Um, And so many of my experiences of grace are, are in this ministry on, Mm -hmm. on the sidewalk. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd also say, I mean, I was, um, I'm a lawyer turned priest and, I was
1: getting uh, to that. Thank yeah. you for that confession.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I did uh, enjoy the courtroom and mm-hmm. um, and advocacy, which turns up mm-hmm. in my efforts to fight human trafficking. So, mm-hmm. but I think that might have something to do with, with proclamation and truth yeah. and, and being out there. Um, you know, I just want to shout from the rooftops that Jesus is Lord and God yeah. loves you beyond measure.
1: In New York City.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to put myself in the camp with um, other forms of evangelism that, that uh,
1: yeah.
0: are, are, are a little more doomsday. Uh, but, yeah. You know, I understand the desire for a bullhorn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> with some good news. With some good news. With some good news. Yeah. Well, how about you? So is there a relationship between... Adrian, the lawyer, and Adrian, the priest, and Adrian, the evangelist, and blesser of the world. Is there a connection between those?
0: Uh, the search for truth yeah. and be- being concerned um, with what's real and what's right and and righteous. And I, you know, I look back. I practice bankruptcy and restructuring. Hmm insolvency, law, and it it all makes sense. It was wonderful, but, you know, I, I wonder sometimes how was I not like a social justice warrior, (laughs) you know, Uh uh how was I not a public defender? Sure. Um, Just because I, I, I see God on the side of Mm. of the least of these. And um, I've just grown into someone who really cares about a hurting world.
1: You you may not even remember, but we met. I believe the first time was was at our uh, staff in house. We were at Saint Bartholomew's Church, and you came. Um, um, you were leading the the, the uh, task force, Diocese of New York,
0: mm-hmm. on
1: human trafficking. And I remember one of the th- one of the goals that you identified, um, at the time. Um, there are a number of them, but for the work was to help hotels, airports. Uh, public spaces to have signage
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um that identifies unusual patterns of adults with children that didn't look like family or something and by authorities i've now seen that at the airport in heathrow in london Mm -hmm. um i've seen it in hotels i mean that movement to make that happen um it's, it caught on. I mean, it's not everywhere, but it sure is a lot. And it wasn't before we heard you talk some years ago now. Right. Um, how's the work um, to end human trafficking evolving as far as you can tell? I mean, I know you can't mm. know everything, but how's that work evolving?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you just an interesting story that, that shows up in, in the book. I mm-hmm. uh, met uh, a man who had stopped for a blessing. He's a Episcopalian up in, in Westchester. Mm -hmm. and, uh, during this, this ministry. Mm -hmm. And so he became like one of, one of my regulars, he would stop, we would chat, I would pray for whatever was going on Mm -hmm. with him. And, uh, he began to ask me about other aspects of my ministry and the the ministry at incarnation. Mm -hmm. And I told him about human trafficking Mm -hmm. and he was just appalled that this problem is so, uh, widespread and devastating. And, uh, he began to learn more and every week he would come back with, you know, more information and he was just, you know, felt this sense of urgency to do something, but not knowing what to do because this was such an awful thing. And I remember going through the same feelings, Mm -hmm. but the more you learn, the more empowered you feel, especially when you see people making a difference and form connections and have allies in the work. And so, uh, he was a journalist and he oh. actually wrote a piece about this specific legislation that you're talking about uh-huh. and uh, some of my work in hotels and it was his first piece in the New York times. So oh, how yes. amazing that, that God brings people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, you would never expect who would have thought that that, that moment of encounter on the sidewalk would, would lead to something uh, so good and, and, effective in the in the larger fight against human trafficking.
1: Well, yeah, not cuz I was wondering, you know, how that work is going.
0: <laughs> right now, the the focus is educating people mm-hmm. about the decriminalization of, of prostitution. Uh, uh-huh. there there are two bills in New York state legislature. Uh, and one mm-hmm. is uh, full decriminalization, uh, the other one is partial decriminalization. Uh-huh. So, you you don't arrest or prosecute um, the people in prostitution. Right. Um, but you hold the other parties, their exploiters, uh, accountable.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And
0: I'm the fan of the second version.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. And so, there's, you know, part of that, that history of advocacy. Uh, I'm pretty active when it comes to, um, lobbying. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that's, that's where, my focal point is right now and, and creating a toolkit for uh, people of faith to like have important, this important conversation with Mm -hmm. their friends, people in their networks, like here, here's the information, hold a zoom call or have folks over. And, you know, where do you see God in this? And Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see now, now I have, now this is a point of accountability. Now I have to actually have the follow through and and create toolkit.
1: (laughs) Oh, you do? Oh, okay. We've been talking
0: about it for a while.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. Well, we'll look forward to that. We'll have you back about the toolkit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, what what I do hear you, I mean, there's a connection. You know that hymn, Joy to the World, the the Christmas Carol, Joy to the World? And it talks about Christ coming as a blessing far as the curse is found. Mm. Yeah. Far as the curse is found. And wherever there's a curse that hurts or harms, any human child of God, blessing is the cure, and we gotta figure out how to how are we a blessing? Through legislation, how are we blessing? Through standing on the street, how are we a blessing? I mean, you know, you, that's what your your life is wrapped up in this. Yeah. That toolkit is a toolkit of how can we increase the blessing and end the curse that's stifling human life. That's and it's right there in that joy to the world the yeah. Lord you know I,
0: I, I just wrote that down on a post-it so i can go meditate on that, that hymn. Yeah, it's- Thank you. Yeah.
2: where and how can you be as the reverend dan hauser joked a bullhorn with some good news right where you are today
1: If Jesus walked in, walked up rather, while you were on the street, what do you think he would whisper in your ear? I mean, he may actually be whispering in your ear at times, but I mean, if you just kind of, if, what might he whisper to the one who's blessing others?
0: Well, I certainly hope he would say, well done my good and faithful servant. <laughs> but I think, Ah, what would he say? I think some form of keep it up.
1: Mm, keep uh, going.
0: Yeah. And certainly in, in ordained ministry, I've, I've found that it's uh, incredibly life-giving, uh, but also a little draining. Yeah. It's the most beautiful, wonderful thing in my life. And at the same time, I want to run away screaming. And at any point I might be on that spectrum or holding yeah. both of those things in tension. You know, the the work of the kingdom ain't easy.
1: No. No, it's not.
0: But it's like that that verse, I don't know if it was Peter who says it. Well, where else would we go? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah? And there there there's there is no other option but to follow Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. uh I like to tell my congregation that not every good work has your name on it, but we serve a God who calls us by name. Mm. God gives us things to do, very specific things to do, if we have mm-hmm. ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be out there as long as I feel nudged by the Holy Spirit to go put out my sign and. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You just went southern, just there. Said I
0: know I did. <laughs> you sure did.
1: You went you went home. <laughs> That's beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's such a gift of oh. like having this this location, right? The, the, yeah. And this is a wonderful ministry. It would look very different in the in the Bible Belt. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but there's there's something about. Being in the heart of New York City, Midtown Manhattan, you know, I can look at the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all called to be lights in the mission field. Yeah, and this is uh one of the greatest blessings, one of the greatest gifts of my life, mm. uh, to be able to engage in this ministry at this time in this place.
1: You know, one one of the um when when we a, a couple of years, a number of years ago now. Uh, pre-pandemic I'm beginning to date things as BC before COVID you know it's about a few years before that um when we started talking about Jesus and his way of love um more regularly a group of folk kind of came together and started working on spiritual practices Mm -hmm. um that nurture that reflect and nurture um living a a a Christ-like love in our lives and um one of the practices, I mean, there were a number turn, learn, um, pray, uh, bless. Yes. That bless is actually blessing, um, the practice of blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm wondering is what would be some ways that I, we can nurture blessing in our daily lives. I mean, we're not all on the street corner. I guess is most of the people listening. To the podcast. Um, you know, are normal people. I mean, not that you're not normal, but I mean, but I mean, you know, what I mean, just kind of living everyday lives. Yeah. How can the spiritual practice of blessing? And I have to admit, before that group started talking about that and kicking it around, I had never thought of blessing as a spiritual practice. Prayer I got, you know, kinds of meditation I got, God, silence, I get even hospitality, I suppose. I, yeah, I mean, it is a monastic but I never thought about blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, how how can I nurture that in my life? How can we nurture that in our lives, the practice of blessing?
0: Well, we are blessed to be a blessing, are we not?
1: Have mercy. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> you went home one more time. Yeah. <laughs> You're right though.
0: And if you think of the people who are blessings in your life, it's, it's a little... Yeah easier to think how you might be an agent of that blessing uh-huh. but one thing i one thing i love and i'm mm-hmm. going to give a shout out to david gortner he's at oh, a, yeah. Yeah. theological seminary
1: uh-huh.
0: and i learned this from him during something called evangelism boot camp oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> in, in seminary and he it's in his book i think called transforming evangelism
2: mm-hmm. and he talks
0: about naming the holy and when you see God at work in another person's life, uh, you name it. If you somebody's telling you a story about something that seemed coincidental, but hmm. you know it wasn't really coincident, like, yeah. oh, well, do you think God lined that up? <laughs> or, you know, they say something that, that happened, and you say, well, that sounds like the God I know. Yep. Um, you know, and you might not feel comfortable, a person might not feel comfortable, like, Praying right there, sure. But they do, Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, you but you can say, you know, well, I'll be praying. Not just I'll be praying for you, but mm-hmm. I'll be praying that that God, you know, shows up for you mm-hmm. in a way that is so deeply felt that you mm-hmm. know in your bones that you are a beloved child or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. or you
0: know, just kind of articulate. Mm -hmm. um, the, the need and, uh, how you can, uh, respond to that need through intercession. How's that sound?
1: That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's just kind of practice it.
0: Mm -hmm. And just be looking for little things. Yes. Like, you know, like God, show me how to bless somebody. Sometimes I mean I'll be walking down the street and I'll say to a woman, oh, I like your boots." Uh-huh. Hey, that might be a blessing to her. That's right. It's just, it's just about uh, finding ways to to build each other up.
1: Yep, yep. It's like affirmations. You're naming what's there inside somebody else in somebody mm-hmm. else's life. You're naming it. I've got another question. This is uh, not directly related to this, but I'm. Um, it's this is pure curiosity. Mm -hmm. How did you. How did this change? I I don't mean the theology or spirituality of blessing, but just how you were doing blessing during the pandemic.
0: Well, you know, for during lockdown, especially in in New York, nobody would have come up to me even if I felt comfortable getting out there. Right.
1: Oh, no. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: I think it was a period of like three to four months that I just didn't. Could no, do it at all yeah granted there's plenty of work to keep me occupied i think uh-huh. pastoring a church through a pandemic is one of my greatest life achievements and always will be
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh,
0: but some of some of my my regulars like wrote in like oh i wish i could get a blessing today um
1: oh. and
0: and i would i would you know go back and forth with them over email or say feel free to give me a call and uh-huh. you know try to be that that presence um but then once I got back out there, you know, I, I drew an X on the sidewalk with oh, chalk.
1: I'm okay. Like, this is where
0: we stand, six feet apart, and uh-huh. put on the mask. And- uh huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and it was still a little bit like a ghost town in midtown Manhattan. People weren't in their offices. No. Um, and still aren't fully back. Um, yeah. But. You know, I might have two people instead of twelve stop and talk, huh. and, and that's all right because God yeah. wanted those conversations to happen. That was a divine appointment. Uh huh. And um, you know, I did shift from making the sign of the cross on the forehead oh, to yeah. doing the cross sort of in the air.
1: In yeah. the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay.
0: Yeah. Which I, which was a bit of a loss, right? The forehead yeah. is a very like intimate experience that physical touch and um you know, I've, I've brought it back now mm-hmm. but I, I do I do write about that in the in the book and and some of the the experiences I had that were pandemic specific um wow in, including uh, a conversation with a bus driver
1: uh-huh. who
0: was you know driving the bus but nobody was on it you know
1: but he was driving
0: yeah wow. uh, he had time to you know put it in park and get out and talk to me
1: Did he really
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Wow
0: <laughs> And uh he you know he spoke about um how his job was was hard and a, and a little scary and uh sometimes you know people were on the bus that were um violent Yeah and uh he was just in prayer mode as much as he could be reciting the Psalms in his head and, really, um, you know, worried about contracting COVID and going home to his family. I mean, all, all the stuff, oh, God, all yeah. the stuff that, yeah. that uh, was swirling around at the time. But I tell you what, it was through the pandemic that I actually became a New Yorker. I, I got here in 2003 uh-huh. and I've never called myself a New Yorker. Even though once you hit that ten year mark, you you're allowed to.
1: <laughs> so, oh, is that it's it's legal at that point?
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's the rule. Uh, but it was like identity forged through adversity. Yeah. And being here on location with my people doing this work, yeah. and, um, it is that work of of hope, yeah. and and assuring people of God's love and sovereignty. Mm. That somehow made me come out of this feeling like such a, a solidarity and identification with this city. Yeah. Which, you know, translates again into the m- ministry of being out there on the sidewalk.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just think it's awesome and incredible. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you before we conclude to pray a blessing on everybody who's listening to this podcast. And would you just pray, yeah, bless us, whatever the spirit leads.
0: Gracious God, we come before you with such praise and thanksgiving in our hearts mm-hmm. for the opportunity to proclaim the good news of your love, mm-hmm. for your desire to bless the world, to make us blessings to the world. We give thanks that uh, love is stronger than death. Yes. that love is the most powerful force, the most like metaphysically powerful force in this world. And we mm-hmm. thank you that uh, you give that to us, you instill it in our hearts, and you make us agents of your kingdom. And that is my prayer for all who are listening today, that they might understand just how beloved they are and the privilege of calling themselves servants of the living God yes. and just empower them with uh, the courage and the will to persevere, uh, to shine your light in dark places and to be the blessings you have called them to be. Yes. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. Friends, the Reverend Adrian Danhauser, a priest of the church, Ask Me for a Blessing is the title of the book. Ask Me for a Blessing. You know you need one. It's available at bookstores uh, uh, throughout the country, the regular bookstores, Amazon.com, in hardback, uh, and Kindle. Am I right, Adrian? And
0: Kindle. I think it's on Audible. And Bishop, you would be remiss if you didn't mention that you wrote the foreword.
1: Oh, I know. Oh, I didn't want to take credit myself. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) sure did. (laughs) I just think it's awesome. And I'll see you later this month or later next month, I guess. I'll I'll see you then. The launch is October the 12th, Church of the Incarnation, Madison and 35th Street. Everyone's welcome.
0: 6.30 p.m.
1: 6.30 p.m. It is helpful to have a time, isn't it? (laughs) Adrian, thank you. And God bless you as you have blessed us.
0: Thank you, Bishop.
2: Learn more about the way of love and creating your own rule of life based around the practices of turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. And check out the Reverend Dan Hauser's new book, Ask Me for a Blessing, You Know You Need One, online or at your favorite independent bookstore. Follow the Reverend Dan Hauser on her website and on Twitter at the links in the show notes. The Way of Love podcast executive producer is Jeremy Taggett. Our podcast engineer is Ellie Singer. Research and guest relations are managed by Amanda Scofstead. For Presiding Bishop Michael Curry, I'm Chris Sigma, and we'll see you next time on The Way of Love.